Hi, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I wanna thank you for joining us today online. I want you to go right now before we get started and download our app. You can download it from the Apple App Store or from the Google Play Store by simply searching Word of Life Carlsbad. If you would like to give today, then you can give online by going to our app or our website, or you can also text 84321, and when you search, just search Word of Life Carlsbad. Thank you once again for joining us, and you're going to join our service already in progress. Hallelujah. You know, we've been talking about, started last week, a series on the subject of prayer. And uh, today we're going to pick that up and, and continue with that. And we've just, thank you, Chris, we have entitled it Divine Conversations. Praise God. Divine Conversations. And today we're going to be talking about revelation that takes place in our life through those divine conversations that we have. You know, and uh, I want to, to say this, that, uh, you know, as I was sitting and, and meditating before church early this morning, um, the Spirit of God just, uh, He began to just stir up some things on the inside of me. And, and I was thinking about um, how that when we learn to listen to the Lord, that He begins to reveal things to us and show us things. And in, uh, we've subtitled this today, Revelations. Um, but Job, how many are familiar with the book of Job? Nobody in here has read Job. Blaine's read Job. Okay. All right. <laughs> we, got, we got a few people who are familiar with Job. And they, uh, had a friend many years ago that uh, right after he first got saved, uh, he was telling someone, said he'd been reading the book of Job. And uh, so that, uh, well, you know, that's an honest mistake. It was spelled the same way. And uh, so anyway, uh, but the book of Job, we think of Job sometimes as a, um, a book about we, we think of Job's trouble and when we have trouble in our lives you know people think a lot of times well I, I'm like Job well you know I, I wouldn't be claiming that okay if, if we, we would have to, to, to teach on that for you to really understand but Job um, he, he said some things that people like to quote they like to say well the Lord gives and the Lord takes away blessed be the name of the Lord Job did say that, but what Job said was not correct. Praise God. Praise God. God is, is the giver, not the taker. Praise God. He's the blesser, not the curser. Hallelujah. And, you know, Job made a lot of statements, and, you know, you know just, to, just to prove it, Job also made this statement. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. I don't think so. You know, Job is not going to return to his mother's womb. Uh, and, and so I, I, was, I was thinking about that, 
And in the 42nd chapter of Job, he said this. He said, he's talking, God's revealed some things to him. The Lord has said some things to Job. And he said, I uttered words without knowledge. In other words, Job is admitting that he said some things he didn't know what he was talking about. And, and then he said, uh, things too wonderful for me, which I didn't understand. And, and so when, when Job made that statement, what he, what he was saying was, God, I've only heard about you. I haven't had a personal conversation with you. I've only heard about you. And uh, in hearing about you, and now that I've had a conversation with you, now that you've revealed yourself to me, I'm seeing you in a different light. I'm understanding some different things here, that, that things that are far more wonderful than I ever could have imagined. And, um, you know, and, and I, in, in talking about divine conversations today and God revealing to us the, uh, by His Spirit, you know, if, if we'll learn to listen to God, He'll reveal some things to us. And then what I'm saying right now will make more sense to you as we get into our message today. But God's going to reveal some things to you, some things that you, you might say, they're too wonderful for me. They're things I couldn't even imagine. Why? Because I found out that God is better than I thought He was. Anybody else found out that same thing? He's better than you thought he was. Praise God. And you know what? He's better than you even still think he is. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your walk with the Lord. He's better than you think he is. Praise God. Praise God. And so um, we're going to dive into this this morning and um, go to Ephesians, the first chapter. If you're following online, if you will go to uh your version app, select events, and log on to, to the events there. You can find my notes and follow along. And uh, so anyway, let's, let's look at this. Well, let's just say this. Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is spirit and life to me. I believe with all my heart that your word, sown in good ground, produces good fruit. Father, I am good ground for your word, and your word will change my life, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, we find what is known as uh, Paul's prayers that he prayed for the Ephesian church. And not just for the Ephesian church, but also for all of us who would receive the word through the scriptures. Praise God. That the things that he prayed for the Ephesian church, he was also praying for you. And, uh, you know, I, I want to point out some things out of these prayers. So let's go to the first chapter of Ephesians, verse number 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. 
Okay, so he tells him, he says, I pray continuously for you. But let's see what he prayed. Let's go to the 17th verse. And he says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you, give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And, and if you read this, you won't find anywhere in Paul's Ephesian prayers that he prayed that they would be blessed. He didn't pray that. He didn't pray, Lord, bless them. Lord, heal them. Lord, you know, uh, prosper them. Lord, do this. He didn't pray that anywhere for the Ephesians. What he prayed was not that God would bless them, but that they would know that they are blessed. Praise God. He didn't pray that God would heal their bodies, but he prayed that they would know what they have, which includes healing in Christ. Praise God. He, and, and um, you know, when we pray, Lord, heal so-and-so, Lord, prosper so-and-so, what we're really praying is we're praying for something they already have. And it's so important for us to realize that because we spend a whole lot of time, a lot of our prayer time is really wasted time if we're praying for something we've already got. Praise God. And so we need to realize that healing for our bodies was taken care of 2,000 years ago. I don't have to pray that God would do something because, you know, I, I want you to think about this and meditate. I'm going to give you some, uh, a, a chunk of, of material here that you can spend a long time meditating on. You say, well, what is meditating? What, what's, what's that? You know, is it sitting cross-legged and, you know, and, and uh, humming and, you know, that, that's not what we're talking about. When we're talking about Bible meditation, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that you set your mind on something and you roll that over and over and over in your thought life. And God begins to speak to you through that. Through that, you know, prayer and meditation go go hand in hand, and uh, you know, I, I know one day that I was praying. It's been many years ago now, but I was praying one day, and I'm I'm talking to the Lord, and I've been talking to Him for a while, and uh, the Lord interrupted me. How rude of Him! Yeah. Not really, you, you know, but the, the Lord interrupted me and he said this. He said, can I say something? See, I wasn't giving him an opportunity to, to, to speak. A lot of times we come and we ask the Lord questions and then we don't ever listen for the answer. We wonder, why, why am I not getting answers from the Lord? Well, because you don't shut your mouth long enough to listen to what he's saying. And, you know, I, I found out God, he, you know, I, I began to learn and develop the art of listening. And it occurred to me one day, God is omniscient. It means he knows everything. God is omniscient. If God is omniscient, and by comparison to omniscient, I know about this much. 
Let me think about that. What, how, how much do you know by comparison to omniscient? Not much. Not much. And so if God knows everything and I know so little, then why is it that I do all the talking? You know, shouldn't it be the other way around? The one who is the most knowledgeable? You know, that's like, that's like a first grader starting to school and they let the first grader teach. You know, it, I don't think anybody would learn much. And so, uh, you know, if I know every, uh, if, if I know so little by comparison to the fact that God knows everything, maybe I ought to spend more time listening than I spend talking. Praise God. Praise God. And so, uh, I want you to begin to develop the art of listening to God. Praise God. Because He wants to speak to you. He wants to reveal things to you. Praise God. Praise God. Now, he, Paul prayed for the Ephesians. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Paul didn't pray that they would be blessed, but he prayed that they would know that they are. Praise God. That they would know they are. You see, what God did for us, he did in Christ. That's, that's how God did everything for us. You see, God doesn't, when we petition God for something, we don't have, or God doesn't have to decide on a case-by-case -case basis of whether He's going to do that for you or not. Why? Because He decided once and for all from the beginning of time what He was going to do, and He did it. Praise God. So the, the fact is, you know, and, and, and I want you to listen very carefully to this because it may be a shock to your system to, to get this. And it may be a shock to the, uh, did you know that God is not healing anymore? You say, what? I thought you believed in healing. Oh, I do believe in healing. But let me say, he's not healing anymore because he healed 2,000 years ago. When he laid your sickness, your disease, and your pain on Jesus. He laid it on him once and for all. One act, one obedient act by the Lord Jesus Christ was enough for all time to heal everybody of every disease, of every pain, of every sickness for all time. One obedient act by the Lord Jesus Christ was enough for all time. And he did it 2,000 years ago. He actually did it in the mind of God. It was done from the foundation of the world. And he laid it upon him. And so here's the thing. If God wanted to do it, he did it. If he didn't want to do it, he's not going to do it. In other words, you'll never talk God into something. Praise God. Praise God. 
And see, when we begin to understand that, then we can receive what He's already done for us. Praise God. Praise God. So I found that most of my prayer should be more like this. Instead of saying, God, would you do this for me? Or would you, would you provide this? Or would you heal this? Or would you, you know, my prayer needs to be more like, I thank you, Jesus, that you bore my sickness and my disease and my pain. So Thanksgiving ought to be at the top. See, I thank you, Jesus, that this is what you did for me, and I receive it now, and I thank you for it. Praise God. Praise God. And so, while we, we, Paul prayed that the Ephesians would know, that they would know that healing was theirs, that they would know that provision was theirs, that they would know that forgiveness of sin was already theirs, that they would know what had already been given to them by God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God. So not for him, not for God to do something. You know, he wasn't praying for God to do something for them. He was praying for them to know what he already did for them in Christ. Praise God. And, and see, if I'm asking God for something he already has provided for me in Christ, what I am essentially saying is, and, and really, if I, if I understand that he already did it for me, why would I then ask him to do it? So I'm saying if, if I'm asking him to do something for me, I am saying I don't really believe you did. So we need to examine and, and, and take a look at and see this is why, uh, you know, one day I was watching Christian television and they were talking about, um, about the promises of God. And, uh, you know, these people that I was watching was, uh, were people that I highly respect in ministry. They were talking about the promises of God, how to, um, you know, God promised to do this, God promised to do that. And, and I'm sitting there, and the Spirit of God speaks on the inside of me, and He says, did you know that healing is not a promise? They were talking about the healing promises. And He said, did you know healing is not a promise? And so... I, my ears perk up and I'm, I'm alert to hear what God's about to say to me because he's, you know, he doesn't just say something like that and not explain himself. So I'm listening to what he's saying. He says, do you know that healing is not a promise? And then the, the scripture begins to come to me. Who has believed our report, and to whom has the, Lord, the arm of the Lord been extended? You know, and, and, and the Spirit of God, He says, healing was a promise, but the promise has been fulfilled already. So now, healing is not a promise, healing is a report. Praise God. It's not a promise, it's a report. So for a New Testament believer on this side of the cross, we're not promised healing, we have healing. 
Praise God. Now, that's better. If it's a promise, I'm looking for him to do something. If it's a report, I am hearing and receiving. And he says, if I believe the report, then the arm of the Lord, his strength is extended to me. Praise God. Praise God. If I believe the report, not the promise, the report. Now, we could say the very same thing about provision for our needs. We could say the very same thing about forgiveness. We could say the very same thing about peace. He himself is our peace is what the scripture says. Praise God. Jesus became our peace. He became wisdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He became sin. He became poor that we through his poverty might become rich. He became, see there's the key word, became, past tense. Praise God. Praise God. Verse number 18, Paul prayed that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened that they would know what is the hope of his calling. In other words, Paul is praying that the light switch be turned on so they can see what they have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we would do well to pray that prayer for ourselves and for one another. That the light switch be turned on so we can see. That, it, that illumination would take place so we can see what we have. The Apostle Paul said, we, we look through a, a, a glass darkly or dimly. In other words, we're not seeing the full picture. You know, if we could see the full picture of what God has done for us in Christ, we'd be in a different place than we are today. Every single one of us would. Praise God. If we could really understand and get a, 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 a clear view of what God did in Christ, the things that are troubling you in your life, God's already provided the, the, the solution to that. Jesus is the solution. Praise God. Now, get this. He prays that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that they may know the hope of His calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? And goes on and says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. He worked it. He already did it. It, is, it has been finished. Praise God. That's why Jesus said, it is finished. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, then he goes on and he says, he, he wants us to not only understand what we have, but he wants us to understand what our position is. Praise God. What our position is. Now, get this. He says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. <coughs> And he seated him in heavenly places. Where's Jesus sitting? At the right hand of the Father in heaven. He seated him in heavenly places. 
far above, not just a little bit above, but far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Praise God. Now, when we can begin to grasp that and understand if He is seated in heavenly places, and where are we? In Him. That's exactly right. Because here's what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If anyone is where? in Christ. You are in Christ. So, if you are in Christ, that means that you are seated where He's seated. And if you are seated where He's seated, He is far above all principality and power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Praise God. And He has been given the name which is above every name. Now, get this. You've been given that name too. Now, they don't call you that, you know. They don't call you Jesus but you are in Jesus and you have been given the name of Jesus. You've been given the name of Jesus to use. It's your authority. Praise God. You have been given that name to use. He has been given the name and you have been given the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of beings in heaven and in the earth and under the earth and every tongue should confess that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So whatever challenge you're being faced with, whatever opposition is coming against you, when you understand your position in Him, praise God, then you understand that at the name of Jesus, this is why Jesus said, you know, whatever you ask in my name. You know, when we pray in the name of Jesus, we use the name of Jesus. That's just not a, uh, you know, we, we use that sometimes like a, uh, like a salutation on the, on the end of a, of, a, of a letter. We would say, uh, you know, sincerely. That's, that's, and we've used the name of Jesus like that. Like, like a sincerely, like a closing remark for our prayer. That's not what he meant by praying in the name of Jesus. What he meant by praying in the name of Jesus is that we pray as though he were praying through us. Why? Because we are seated in heavenly places in him. We are in Christ Praise God. And the authority that has been given to him, he has given to us. Praise God. Praise God. Now, 
Verse number 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Now, go to John, the 16th chapter. Jesus is getting ready. You know, he's, he is winding down his earthly ministry here. And he's, he's telling his disciples about the Holy Spirit that's going to come. We just finished a series on, on the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. But I, I want to to look at something that Jesus said here. Verse number 12. If if you've got that there, let's just read that together. Uh, And by the way, I'm reading in the New King James Version, so if if you've got that there, or if you're following on my notes, it's on the notes there. But I, I want us to read this 12th verse together on the count of three. One, two, three. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. All right. Get this. Jesus said, he said he, he's talking to his disciples about the Holy Spirit and about what is about to take place, what is about to occur. And he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now, what did he mean by that? The word bear, this word from the Greek is the word bastidzo, and it literally means this, to take up or to receive. In the context of what we're saying right now, it is to receive. So that, that is a better translation for for, for this passage of Scripture. So let's look at this. He says, I have many things to say to you, but you are not able to receive them now. Why could you not receive them now? You know, I read that for years, and I read that you can't understand them now, which is not incorrect. It's not really inaccurate. But, but he's saying... I could, I could tell you a lot of things, but the things I'm going to tell you about, you can't receive them yet. I'm getting ready to go back to heaven. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the cross, then I'm going to rise from the dead, then I'm going to go back to heaven. And after I rise from the dead, and when I go back to heaven, then you will be able to receive these things. He said, I got a lot of things I still want to say to you, but you are not able, you are not capable. Why, why were you not capable of receiving? Why were they not capable of receiving these things yet? Because they had not yet been born again. You know, you say, well, these guys weren't saved. Well, let me say this. You could not be born again until after Jesus was born from the dead. The Bible calls him the firstborn among many brethren. So he had to be first. 
And so until Jesus was raised from the dead or reborn from the dead, and I don't know who is sending me messages, but uh, I forgot to turn the 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 sign or the the dinger off there. But uh, anyway, um, no nobody was born again until after Jesus was raised from the dead. Praise God. So he said, you can't receive these things now. Why? Because these things belong to born-again believers. And you are not born again yet, so you can't receive them yet. But when I am raised from the dead, he said, now the things that I was going to say to you, he said, I'm going to, the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to tell you all the things that I couldn't say to you yet. Praise God. Now, I say this. If Jesus had more things to say, I want to hear them. Praise God. I want to hear them. Now, let's, let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, we read this already, that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. See, in other words, the Holy Spirit Jesus said he's going to come and he will guide you into all truth. Praise God. He will guide you into all truth. In other words, Jesus didn't say everything that needed to be said. And he told us why he didn't say everything that needed to be said. He, because you were not yet able to bear it. But he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to come, and he's going to guide you into the things I couldn't say to you. Praise God. Praise God. Now, remember this, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit revealed some things to Paul. And Paul... After he was saved, let me just give you the, the, the shortened version of this. After the Apostle Paul, who was known as Saul of Tarsus at the time, and after he met the Lord on the road to Damascus and his life was transformed, Scripture tells us in Galatians, he talks about this. He says that I, I went into, he said, I didn't immediately go and consult with flesh and blood. He said, but I went for, for a time of three years. He said, I went into Arabia, and there he was taught of the Lord. Praise God. And there he encountered this Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit said to him, the things that Jesus was not able to say. Praise God. This is why the Apostle Paul and, 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 he, and he goes on, and that wasn't the only revelation that the Apostle Paul had. 
He says, I was taught by the Lord. And then he said, I went up for 14 days up to, to Jerusalem and met with, uh, uh, with Peter and, and with, the, with those who were apostles. And I met with the Lord's brother, uh, James, there. And he said, but I, I actually uh, didn't get this from anyone else. He said, I was taught from the Lord. And this is why we see in the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians when the Apostle Paul is talking about the communion table and the Lord's table, he says it this way. He says, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. Praise God. I received from the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. Now, here's what we got to understand. Every, all of Paul's revelation that he got was actually, it's all in the Old Testament. It's all there. Now, he wasn't capable of understanding it. He wasn't capable of grasping it. Paul was perhaps the most educated man of his day in the Old Testament Scriptures. Maybe of all time in the Old Testament Scriptures. He knew the Scriptures, but let me tell you how well he knew the Scriptures. He knew the Scriptures so well that he went about seeking to imprison and put to death believers in Jesus. And then he, he encountered the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus, and immediately he started preaching Jesus. So all of a sudden, all of the things that he knew from the Scriptures, he could not see Jesus in them. But once he encountered Jesus and was filled with the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, now he can understand those things. And now he can see Jesus, the one that he was persecuting. Jesus said to him, why are you persecuting me? He didn't know he was persecuting Jesus. He thought he was just persecuting Jesus' followers. Jesus said, well, when you persecute them, you're persecuting me. Paul didn't know he was persecuting Jesus. But all of a sudden, Jesus shows up, and Jesus reveals to him, and in a moment of time, all of these scriptures that he knew that talked about Jesus in the Old Testament, now suddenly Paul understands. Paul sees Jesus in them. He spent three years in, in Arabia receiving from the Lord. Then he was in uh, the region of Galatia. And the Bible says he was preaching there, and they, they uh, uh, stoned him and drug him out of the city and left him for dead. Now, in, in first Corinthians, or Second Corinthians, the 12th chapter, the Apostle Paul talks about a time. He says, I knew a man some 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. He said, but such a one was caught up into the third heaven, and there... He heard, and he's talking about himself here, but he says he heard inexpressible things which it is not lawful for a man to utter. So he received revelation there. Now, why would Paul tell us 
about receiving a revelation that he couldn't tell us about. Why would he do that? Why would he say, I got a revelation, but I can't tell it to you. I can't share it with you. He wouldn't and he didn't. He did tell us the revelation he received. I received from the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. Praise God. He received a revelation when he was caught up into the third heaven and he heard inexpressible things which, now, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Now, what is, that, what is he talking about? He said, according to the law, you must keep all the commandments in order to be justified. But when he's caught up into the third heaven and he hears inexpressible things which it is not lawful, he's talking about something that goes contrary to the law. And what Paul began to teach us is that a man is justified by faith, not by keeping the law. Praise God. And Jesus says, you weren't able to hear that. You weren't able to bear that. You weren't able to receive that before. He said, but I've got many things to share with you, many more things to tell you. And he says, that's why I am going back to heaven, and I am sending the Holy Spirit in my place, who is the Spirit of truth, who will come and he will dwell on the inside of you, and he will be a teacher to you, and he will teach you the things just like he did to Paul. Praise God. And you'll begin to understand that you are not justified by law, but you are justified by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Now, that wasn't even possible until Jesus rose from the dead. Why? Because your sins hadn't been paid for. There was still a death penalty hanging on your head. Praise God. Praise God. So, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, here's what he says. Paul writing to the Corinthians says, But we, verse 7, we speak wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew for had they known they would not have crucified the lord of glory now you wonder so why was this wisdom of god why was it hidden you know and i hear people say well god works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform no let me correct that god worked in mysterious ways but now he has revealed by His Spirit. Praise God. It's not a mystery anymore. It's not a mystery anymore. God's, you know, we, we use that. And the, see, here's, here's the thing. The devil knows Scripture. He knows Scripture. And, and the devil likes to say to people, well, see, God said it's a mystery. You can't understand it. God said that to Old Testament believers. God said it to people who were not born again. But what he said to New Testament believers, 
through the Apostle Paul that God ordained this wisdom for our glory. Praise God. Praise God. And he says the reason that it was kept a secret until Jesus went to the cross, he said, because had the rulers of the darkness of this age known, had the rulers of this age known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If the devil would have known what was going to happen, he would have never crucified Jesus. And if he hadn't crucified Jesus, we would be eternally lost. And so God, in his wisdom, now he had to speak all these things into being. That's how God does things. He speaks something, and he gets a man who has, and I don't mean a male Man, I mean a, a human being on this earth to speak what he's speaking. Why? Because man was given authority in the earth. And so he had to find a man that would say what he said. So he reveals it to the prophets, and the prophets begin to speak it. And as the prophets begin to speak it, it begins to manifest in the earth. And that's why, you know, you say, well, why did it take, you know, 4,000 years from Adam's fall to, to Jesus? Why did it take all that time for, for God to send his son into the world? Because God had to say everything. He had to say it first. He said it to the prophets, and the prophets said it. And as they said it, then it, it, that gave God permission to do what he wanted to do in the earth. And he wanted to get his son into the world, praise God. And when everything had said, that's what the Scripture means, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son into the world. The fullness of time came when God had said everything that needed to be said. When God had told the whole story, no minute detail was left out. God said it all, and when it had all been said, Jesus came into the world. Jesus went to the cross. The devil was oblivious to what was going on and played right into the plan and crucified the Lord of glory who rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, the plan was completed and there was no need ever again for it to be a mystery. There was no need for it to be a secret anymore. In fact, the Apostle Paul said to the Ephesians that now God is making the mystery known by the church. Hallelujah. You know, now that it is finished, it doesn't matter what the devil understands. It doesn't matter what the devil knows. I hear people say, well, when I pray in tongues, the devil can't understand what I'm saying. I don't care if he understands what I'm saying. Because it doesn't matter. There's nothing he can do about it. Praise God. Now, the only thing he can do about it is make me think it matters. Deceive me into thinking it matters. But if I am, if I'm in on the plan, if I understand, he can't even do that anymore. Praise God. Praise God. He wants you to believe, you know, that you're defeated. He wants you to believe that, that nothing changed at the cross. 
when in reality everything changed at the cross. The devil wants you to believe that, you know, your failures, well, God, God doesn't love you because of your failures. He wants you to believe that, um, you know, that, that uh, you've got to do better and you've got to work harder and you've got to do all these things in order to earn God's favor. But the fact of the matter is, you are already favored of God. I don't need to ask God for favor because His favor is already upon me. I just need to thank Him that His favor is upon me. Praise God. Praise God. So don't pray, oh, Lord, I need favor today because I have this going on or that going on. I need favor. He says, you have favor. Praise God. You are favored. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is why Paul prayed that they would know something. Jesus said, I've still got a lot of things to say to you. Hallelujah. So here's what my, my point is in divine conversations, that is the time when Jesus begins to, by the Holy Spirit, say those things to me. Now, he said them through the Apostle Paul. They're recorded in the Bible, but sometimes I, I, I read the Bible and I need some help to understand it. But he sent the helper to dwell on the inside of me. So I've got the author of the Bible. You know, Paul is the writer. He's not the author. There's a difference. You know, I could copy the words out of a book. That doesn't make me the author of the book. That just makes me a writer. I just wrote it. I just, re, you know, rewrote it. Paul was not the author of the Bible. The author of the Bible lives on the inside of you. Praise God. And the author of the Bible is talking to you. And he's telling you the things that Jesus said he wanted to say to you but couldn't. Praise God. He wanted you to, Jesus wanted to tell you that you were justified by faith, not by works. Jesus wanted to tell you that. But you weren't able to receive that yet until the helper comes to dwell on the inside of you. And now he is in you and he is revealing to you. Praise God. Praise God. So in divine conversations, learn to listen. Learn to listen. You know, you don't have to, uh, let me just say it this way. You can listen anytime, anywhere, no matter what you're doing. You can listen to God. No wonder the devil wants you to think, as one well-known talk show person said, that, uh, um, you know, when people think God talks to them, that's, uh, that's equivalent to mental illness. Well, I got news. It it would be it, it would be even stranger if he didn't talk. 
Why, why would we think it's so strange that the creator of the universe can talk to people or would talk to people? Why would that seem like such a strange thing? No, you can't hear him with these ears, but you can hear him speaking on the inside of you. Praise God. Thank God we've got a vice president who understands that. God talks to him, even though some people think he's mentally ill. But he knows God can talk to him. Praise God. And he can talk to you, and he will talk to you. But you've got to learn to listen. And he will begin to reveal things to you. You know, I can't tell you how many times he just said things that just out of the clear blue, or to me it was out of the clear blue, because I wasn't even thinking about those things. And just, just like that one day he said, do you know that healing is not a promise? It's a report. Then he began to explain. See, that's what he wants to do in your life today. If you're watching today, if you're sitting in this room today, and you have never received Jesus, remember I said he couldn't save them because you weren't born again yet. Now that you're born again, but maybe you're sitting here and you're not born again. Maybe you're watching online and you've never been born again. Well, you see, you can be born again right now. It only takes as long as it takes you to confess Jesus as your Lord. That's how long it takes you to get born again. Praise God. Praise God. It's not about changing everything you've been doing wrong and stopping doing this and stopping doing that. It's about believing that God raised Jesus from the dead after he had paid for all of your sins. Praise God. So right now, I want everyone in this room, everyone watching online, I would like for you to just pray this prayer with me right now. And if you pray this prayer and you believe what you're praying, then God's Word says that you will be saved. That simple. So let's just pray this together. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, to pay for all of my sins. And then having paid for them, you raised him from the dead so I could have new life. Today I choose Jesus and I put my trust in him for my salvation. Not in my good works, because my good works are not good enough. But Jesus paid for my sins. And I receive him now as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now, if you prayed that prayer, send us a message or tell me before you leave here today. Let me know what you've done. Pastor, I prayed that prayer. We would love to hear from you. Love to hear. You know, I, I believe there are people out there Every time we give this invitation, I believe there are people that are hearing this that are praying that prayer. Praise God. And according to God's Word, they are saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And then the Father has a promise for you. 
Jesus called it the promise of the Father. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Hallelujah. He says, everyone who asks, receives. So if you ask for your gift, the promise, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, there is not a chance that God will say no. There is no chance whatsoever that God would turn you down. Praise God. So right now, if you have never received what we refer to as the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just say, Father, I'm here to receive my gift, and I thank you for it. I receive you, Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. And the Father right now is saying, yes, 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 receive, 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 receive it now. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Jesus talked about that. He said power would come upon you when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. Praise God. And on the day of Pentecost, they received and he empowered them to speak in an unknown tongue. And he'll empower you to do the same. So as you sense that language coming up on the inside of you that you've never learned, just go ahead and speak it out. Just go ahead and say it. Praise God. And you will be speaking with other tongues as the Spirit is giving you the utterance. Praise God. Praise God. Well, it's been a great day. Well, thank you once again for joining us today online. We want to connect with you, and we can do so one of three ways. You can email us, church at wolcarlsbad.com. You can connect with us via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash wolcarlsbad. Or you can click contact us via our app or our website. We would love to hear from you, and we want you to know that God is madly in love with you. Thanks for joining us.